Well, it's a somewhat bittersweet occasion for me today. Um, on one hand, I'm losing a collaborator in this particular context. Linda is someone I've worked with in a church setting for about 15 years now, I think, to fit it out right. And in that time, we've both grown in our faith, our ability as musicians, and what we define as church music. <laughs> but on the other hand, I still get to play music with her outside of these walls, and that has been one of the most gratifying parts of my life. Some of the best times I've spent performing have been with these two women sitting right here. And most, if not all of us, will still have at least some kind of relationship with her outside of here in the days and, and years to come. But there's a sense of uncertainty that, that comes when a member of the church, especially as one as integral as you've become, moves on. We've already had to deal with this and confront this when Dave left, and we'll have to do it again in the future. When I originally signed up to to take this the slot to preach, I didn't know that Linda was leaving. I didn't know that today was going to be her last day, <laughs> so it was a little fortuitous. Um, but in the intervening time, I've been thinking about what this means for us as a congregation. What makes a situation like this so difficult? What does the Bible tell us about times of loss and change? And what should our response be? What makes losing a member of a congregation so hard? On the face of it, it seems like kind of, kind of a trivial thing. People come and go, they move, family arrangements change, they may get a new job. Any number of things can happen. So why is this such a big deal for us? Well, after spending what is probably an inordinate amount of time thinking about this, that's what I do. <laughs> I work nights and I'm by myself. So. I've come up with a theory. Um, maybe I've been paying a little bit too much attention to Rebecca's schoolwork. I don't know, but here it goes. <laughs> I think it's because when somebody leaves, it feels like a death in the family. I know it sounds a bit hyperbolic, but hear me out on this. Obviously, that's not what actually happened. Nobody's died. And it's not meant to assign guilt uh, or anything like that. These things happen. But on some level, we react in a similar way to when somebody close to us passes away. That person's no longer with us in the same way that they were before. We don't see them like we do right now, that we have every week. The familiar is now unknown. The pattern has been disrupted. But over and over, the Bible refers to us as brothers and sisters or sons and daughters. The idea of non-blood-related family is a central theme throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. And that's seen right now in our border towns. This is our brothers and sisters aren't being let in or being treated ill. And we heard this, this same message three weeks ago um, in our reading from uh, Mark 3.35. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. 
there's a very strong um, emphasis on interconnectedness in the members of the body of Christ. And when one of us is in presence, the others feel it very keenly. Now, I know this all sounds rather funereal. I apologize. <laughs> but I want us to think about why we feel that way. Think of this as a little bit like a therapy session. <laughs> I, we, sorry, we have been through a very tough year. And, but there's so much that this church has to offer in service to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And I guarantee, guarantee, God is not done with us yet. Amen. We're on a journey of rediscovery, figuring out who we are, where are we going, what what has what um what has God planned for us. These are all issues that we have to grapple with. We can and are doing that work right now, and I think understanding why we feel that way is, excuse me, the feeling the way that we do is important for us as we confront these questions and as we move forward. So what does this all have to do with gratefulness? Honestly, everything. We have so many things to be grateful for. One thing about this congregation that has always impressed me since the day we walked through the doors is its commitment to discernment. We pray for and listen to see where God wants us, uh, where wants us to be, and what she wants us to do. We're deeply rooted in the Word and seeing that word carried out outside of these walls. So when I was looking for a passage I wanted to, to use for today, I couldn't help but see us in the words of the psalmist. This is the reason that I have Rebecca read the singular words, always plural. These, are, these lines are a prayer of thanksgiving to God who blesses us, not just when everything is going fine but during the bad times as well. Verse 3 says, on the, day I was, on the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. Isn't this exactly what happened here? My family was only here for a couple of months when Dave announced that he was not going to be with us anymore. Sure, there was a shock of, or excuse me, a sense of shock and uncertainty. There was bound to be. That's just what happens. He shepherded this congregation for many years. And like I said earlier, we began preparing for a loss. But what happened when he left? We called out to God. We called out right here in this humble sanctuary. We called out in our hearts. And what was the result? God heard and responded. He strengthened our spirits. We went for months without an official pastor. Sunday morning services were not canceled. The coffee still was made every week. And somehow, the ever-present desserts continued to show up. I set up the sound system every week. I'm pretty sure they just appear by magic. And when I look, they're there. Who does it, but thank you. Each of us has been strengthened more than I honestly thought was possible. What's the line from Jesus? Oh, ye of little faith. With each passing year, I am more and more amazed and grateful at the faith God has in us. Because the Lord knows <laughs> our faith in him is shaky at best Amen. most of the time. 
The psalmist gives us the perfect example of how to be grateful. He praises and thanks God in all situations. He is grateful for God's steadfastness. He gives thanks for answered prayers. Praises her wisdom, for uh, the wisdom she speaks, and knows that he will be protected when under attack. And proclaims God's intention to be fulfilled in all of our lives. Whoever wrote this, whether it be David, as the text claims, or another poet, it's a brilliant piece of writing. As a poet myself, I love the Psalms. They are just an amazing body of work. This is probably one of my favorites. Not only does he make his point in extraordinary fashion, but he also lets us know a little bit about himself. This is not just some happy-go-lucky person spouting hopeful dribble. There's plenty of that out there. But this person has obviously seen tough times and known many enemies. They're not unlike ourselves. I wanted to tie this whole idea in with another passage uh, that I think goes really well with what we're talking about. It's not listed in the bulletin, so just feel free to listen. It comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Above all, hold yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, indeed, you are called in the, in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Here, Paul is talking to a church that's in turmoil. Circumstances are a bit different. We're not dealing with false teachers or anything like that. But as always, Paul has some sage words for us all. In the midst of change and upheaval, Paul implores us to love one another and be brothers and sisters to one another. We have so much to be grateful for, he says. We have the word of Jesus as our guidepost. It is our Sophia, our wisdom, which we are to use to teach one another. And our praise. Not only are we encouraged to sing and praise God, we are told to do it with gratitude in our hearts. With such bounty given and so many blessings bestowed, it is the least we can do to sing our full-throated gratefulness to the one who gives them so freely. Amen. Amen. So Steve mentioned about playing music a long time. I told Linda last night, I have three church books at home of music. I have one labeled Church Old, which is like this thick and has, you know, that many pieces of music in it. I have another one equally as thick called Church New. And then I have the Church SOP book. It's a little smaller, but I often kind of interchange things. This next tune, I had to go back to Church Old. But it's kind of a cool tune, and uh, we just thought it'd be perfect for today. Steve said, I'm going to be speaking on gratefulness and thankfulness. And the song is called Thankful. <laughs> Thank you. 
Amen. Brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jonah. And sons. Thank you, John.